check, one check, two. I'm the anchor slash rapper that you never thought would happen. Commentary get it cracking like pads when they start whacking. Applaud like studio audience audio. It's the Rob You Sports Stew Show. Is that so? Thanks for the view. Even more if you cash out. Flowers like me was sent to bring real rap back. Blitz beats like fourth and goal on the one. Y'all punt fake. I block your field goal, son. Day and night game on grass and coliseum. Flows till you don't close caption to read it. Instant replay for highlights. You see him. Flows commentate and sling hip hop weight. They suck vape my flow like crushed grapes. Bottle and preserve like all them finer herbs. Spices, vices, one of the nicest. Nicety takes the cake like ice cream. I'm a dang king like a Dharma King Sue. And on some Don, it's like Luca Don shit too. Commentator, not a hater, smooth operator. Mr. Telephone Man, like a beat from the pager. Date night data, don't forget to tip your waiter. And here's a few tips from the Rob U script. Write like pens with ink, at least I think, potentially, probably, projected, mentally. And welcome back to another action-packed episode of the Rob U Sports Stew Show. NFL 2021 season, going into week two. So on Thursday night, there was a game between the Washington football team and the New York Giants. And in a close, exciting game, the Washington football team edged the New York Giants with a final score 30-29. And let's take a look at my week one recap. And in week one, to start off the NFL season, I was 10-6. and six. So, it was some close games in there that could have went either way. Some of, the, some of the closest games that were a bad loss or a close loss for my picks was the Cleveland at Kansas City game, which was a, a real close game, real action-packed. And looked like Cleveland had them early, but Kansas City came back, kept scoring. And then down the stretch, Cleveland couldn't really get the first downs or points they needed. But that was also a, still a good game. And some of my other worst losses from week one, Tennessee, Arizona, where the Arizona Cardinals blew out the Tennessee Titans. Titans didn't really look that good in that game. Arizona looked very high-powered on offense. And also Chandler Jones had... Five sacks against the Tennessee Titans. So they got to protect Tannehill in a bad loss. Speaking of bad losses, Green Bay, New Orleans. Jameis Winston and the Saints came out on fire. Five touchdowns for Jameis Winston. And Green Bay couldn't really get it going. Aaron Rodgers, one of his worst games of his career. Finishing with 133 yards, two interceptions with 53% completion rate percentage. Just didn't look good for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Maybe some of the time he was away from the team really came back to haunt him. Or maybe he doesn't have the same desire, hunger, and focus as he had before as a NFL QB. But just coming off an MVP season where he had a lot to prove to the organization and some of his doubters, I'm sure that he would have liked to get off to a better start than that loss against the Saints, which was pretty bad for the Packers, but we'll see how they bounce back. But more on Aaron Rodgers soon. And in NFL ownership news, due to the recent infighting between the Bowling family ownership of the Broncos, it appears there could be a new owner of a new NF of the NFL franchise Broncos coming soon to the league. And it's rumored to be some of the 
names that we've been hearing so far have been Jeff Bezos, the Amazon founder, and also we've heard rumors of Jay-Z partially becoming a partial owner with some more backers or an investment group. So we'll see how things unfold with the ownership of the Denver Broncos, with the Broncos potentially coming on sale going into the 2022 season. So stay tuned. We'll see what happens with that one. And also, Josh Gordon has seeked reinstatement with the NFL after having numerous suspensions of drug-related issues and situations. The wide receiver who had lots of flashes of excellence and great play, playing for teams such as the Patriots, the Seahawks, the Browns. He will be trying to get back into the league after the NFLPA has given him the green light after he after he completed a treatment program. And now they're waiting for the word from Goodell, which I could be coming down within weeks or could be coming down sooner than that. So we'll see if and when Josh Gordon gets reinstated into the NFL. And back to Aaron Rodgers, it just seems like from the body language and some of the play he had early on week one, it didn't seem like Aaron Rodgers had his edge. And that was one of his worst performances of his career. But Aaron Rodgers is already saying it was just one game. So maybe now he's going to try to get more in sync with those receivers and everybody gets on the same page. But we'll see how it unfolds for the Packers. But not a good start for Rodgers, especially after there was so much going on behind the scenes and between him and the front office over the offseason. Maybe... He really, he really needed that time to bond with those receivers, or maybe he's just not as sharp as he once was. We'll see how things unfold on Aaron Rodgers and the Pack. And speaking of quarterbacks and their Pack, when I did my first Week One episode, Cam Newton was still with the Patriots, and I had the assumption of thinking he would be their Week One starter. But for whatever reason, which Belichick and some others have explained, and even Cam went on to explain, Cam Newton was cut by the Patriots, and they decided to go with Mac Jones as a starter, but also cutting him, not allowing him to become a not allowing him to become the second string quarterback. Now, because he's a veteran, if he was on the roster as the season began, he probably he would have been probably guaranteed his salary for that season. So maybe that was one reason they might have cut him. But there's also the reason of Cam looking over the rookie's shoulders and also Cam missing practice, which we know the Patriots really frown upon players missing practice, even going so far as benching the cornerback Butler in the Super Bowl because he missed practice. Now, the situation with Cam missing practice, of course, there's different versions of what the truth was. Did he have COVID? Was he... Did he have? Did they have knowledge he would have to miss so much practice time when he came back because he took his COVID test at a, a different site than the rest of the team? But I feel if they wanted to keep him, they would have kept him. But this is classic Belichick when he just does those moves where it's like he, he would get rid of a veteran supposedly before they're past their prime. But it was believed Cam was going to be the starter going into week one. 
but maybe Mac Jones just so shows so much mastery of the offense and knowing what to do and having a quick trigger, making fast decisions and absorbing the playbook that they wanted to go with instead of the playbook they more or less used for Cam. It was maybe it was just time for them to move on. But after that, Cam has come out and made some statements. And I'm going to go over some of the things he was saying. But some of the things Cam was saying was his aura, of course, in the locker room, the pre- his presence, you know, his flamboyancy with hats and outfits and the way he stands out from other people, the way that a lot of the players probably would gravitize, gravitate toward him and idolize or look up to him because they grew up watching him as a young, as a young high schooler or, you know, younger. So, of course, all that comes with the territory when Cam is on your squad. Not to mention, maybe they know his where his body is. Maybe he's the team. Maybe his body has 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 so much wear and tear on it that he's not able to reach that kind of peak or close to that peak MVP type performance he once could. But I still feel if they wanted to, they could have kept him. And it's not, I think it's not just about Cam's aura. I think it's also with certain players, and you notice this in the NFL and the NBA, they want to make sure that you know it's not all about you anymore. And that's why even with 32 teams, there's not a team willing to give Cam the starting quarterback position right now because right now the NFL is telling Cam it's not all about you and we're not going to just design an offense specifically for you because... You've taken so much wear and tear, or we don't have that kind of confidence in you that you have in yourself now. And I think it's the same thing that the NBA did to Allen Iverson, and the same thing that the NBA did to Carmelo Anthony. Because can Cam AI to Melo? The pass cut, now what? So we have to, you know, he had a he had a statement where he he had a he had a YouTube video where he sat with his father and he went over some of the things and some of the ways that it unfolded. But I think even doing that, even though he wanted to tell his side of the story, I think a lot of the teams that might have been interested in him probably was a little turned off by that because they see him going to media and they see him kind of exposing the inner workings and behind the scenes of the NFL franchises. But I mean, I understand he wanted to explain himself, but right now the NFL is basically telling you it's not all about you anymore. If you come in here, you have to be willing to come off the bench or we have to let you know that before you even come in the building, you're not going to be the starter. So you, people don't come in, you don't come in here and then you start ruling the locker room and all the players are calling for you to start. And then the starting quarterback throws two interceptions, fumbles the ball and all the fans are cheering for you to come in the game. And it's like they don't need that kind of pressure, that kind of attention, or they don't need the fans or the players trying to dictate Cam Newton should be in the game because they feel he's more likable, he's more of a, of a leader, he's more of a, of a people person, he has more of a personality than who may be the starting quarterback or how the offense may be being, being ran. But it would have to be a team that kind of embraces the zone, zone read or embraces more of a quarterback who's not always going to air it out. And I think maybe he still does need some time to really heal his body and get his body back to a, a good percentage that he feels comfortable playing at. Or maybe he just needs the right team to give him an opportunity to do what he's excelling at right now and help him come along as more of a pocket passer protecting himself. So best of luck to Cam. But like I said, I just think right now 
the NFL is sending Cam a message and he's going to come back. It's just not going to be on his terms and it's not going to be like they're going to roll out the carpet for him. So we'll see what happens with Cam moving forward. And looking at my top week two NFL matchups, got two very nice games here. Game number one is going to be the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, this is going to be a nice AFC classic matchup. Two classic franchises, two classic legacies and histories. And also, the San Fran 49ers in their clockwork offense taking on those new high-flying young Eagles fly, Eagles fly, with Jalen Hurts pulling the trigger to Riga, Smith, and gain well, gaining well. And also, nice weapons on offense. Philly look good against the Falcons. We'll see if they can translate that against the 49ers. And the 49ers, they did lose running back Raheem Mostert for the season. So how would that 49er depth come into play as well as their receiving core? But these are going to be my top two games for week two. And just a quick matchups, Vegas versus Pittsburgh. Looking at the head coaches, defensive coordinators, offensive coordinators. I would give a slight edge. Well, I would say they're even because I think the Raiders are more offensive-oriented and the Steelers are more defensive-oriented defensive right now. Even though they do have some nice weapons on the Steelers, I think the Raiders have a more potent offense right now with their skill players and also the way that they're using those receivers. So... I think the coaches are pretty even, not to mention Gruden is a Super Bowl winner, and he does have offensive game plans, and Tomlin is, you know, his resume speaks for itself as well. When it comes to playbooks, uh, I think the Raiders have a better offensive playbook, and the Steelers have a better defensive playbook. Quarterback-wise, I would go with Carl over Roethlisberger, because Roethlisberger has Course, you know, he's gotten a little older. Maybe he's not as mobile as he once was. And he's also taken a lot of hits and abuse over the years. But I would go with Carl the way, the way that he's throwing the ball around and the decisions he's making so far in the season. Running back-wise, the Raiders are going to be without Josh Jacobs. So how will the, the depth at running back with Kenyon Drake come into this game against the Steelers? Against that nice stout front seven. And the Steelers have the rookie running back. How will he perform against the Vegas front seven? So, with the backup running back of the Raiders and the rookie running back of the Steelers, I say they're even at running back going into this game. But we'll see how they perform against the other team's D-line. Wide receivers and tight ends. I think right now the Raiders, the Raiders have a better wide receiving core and tight end than the Steelers do. And O-line... Hard, it's hard to say, but I would have to give the edge to the Raiders with the Steelers trying to rebuild their O-line. And front seven, D-line, I think the Steelers have an advantage there. Defensive backs, I think the Steelers and the Raiders, are, I, think they're, I think the Steelers have an edge there as well with Minka Fitzpatrick and some of the things he's probably going to do in this game. But we'll see how the Raiders' DBs come along in this game. Special teams and kicker. 
Ah, uh, probably they're probably even. And then when it comes to the San Fran versus Philadelphia Eagles, head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinators, I would go with I would go with the 49ers, but the Philadelphia Eagles have been calling some nice plays on offense and having good execution. When it comes to the playbook, 49ers, they've already have a proven system with the handoffs, with the reverses, with the misdirection, and also with that rookie quarterback coming along. We're going to see what kind of things he can do this this game or when they feature him more. Quarterback-wise, the teams, are, I think they're even at quarterback, but it also depends on how much they're going to use the rookie quarterback for the 49ers. But I think Jalen Hurts is progressing nicely. Running back-wise with the 49ers down most of we have to see who they feature more in this running back backfield for the 49ers. But the Philadelphia Eagles running backs, they're going to give you something in the running game and also something in the receiving game. So that's something to keep in mind. So I'll give them a slight edge. Wide receiving core, I will go with... That's close because the 49ers have wide receivers they use as running backs. Whereas the Philadelphia Eagles for receivers are more... They have a lot of speed guys, and they've shown they can make big plays off of short passes. So, I think they both have good receiving cores. We'll see how those, how kind of injuries the 49ers have in their receiving core as well. But, I think they both get a check there for the receiving core. O-line, probably would go with the 49ers. Front seven. I think they're about even. i probably give a slight edge to 49ers defense. Defensive backs, I think the Philadelphia Eagles have a better DB core and special teams kicker. Maybe they're about even or go with the Philadelphia Eagles with those punt returners and kickers, kick returners. So those are going to be two very nice games coming up for the Sunday kickoff of the Vegas Raiders and the Pittsburgh Steelers and also the 49ers and the Philadelphia Eagles. So I have projected scores and picks coming up for those games and all their other games coming up in block two of the Rob U Sports 2 show. So keep it locked. And welcome back to the Rob U Sports 2 show NFL week two 2021 season. Let's take a look at the games. Sunday, 1 p.m. Buffalo at Miami. So Buffalo has that nice quarterback and receiver tandems. Miami's one of those teams surprising on defense. Solid on offense. How will Tua go against that Buffalo defense? Well, in this matchup, I'm going to give the game to the Miami Dolphins 27, Buffalo 23. But this would be a good one, so we'll see. Cincinnati at Chicago Bears. And in the Cincinnati game, we know quarterback is going to come out, Burrow, do his thing. Try to connect with that rookie, Chase. And then with the Bears, how long will Dalton occupy the quarterback slot? Until they finally bring in that rookie quarterback feels and let him do whatever what he let him do his thing. 
what he's going to do for Chicago Bears. So, I think he's going to be one of those future dual threat quarterbacks on the rise. It's just a matter of them putting the right offense pieces around him. Good O-line, nice tight end running back receivers type. So, we'll see how long it is before he gets in the game, but... Also, we know the Bears have a solid defense, so I'm going to give the game to the Bears 17 over the Bengals 16. But I think this will be a close game, and we'll see intriguing how much playtime will the rookie quarterback get, or will they just stick with Andy Dalton. Then we have the Denver Broncos, who had a nice, surprising win in Week 1, showed the offense can be potent and also efficient with... The, the new quarterback in there, and also the Jacksonville Jaguars getting a taste of what the NFL is like for Urban Meyer. And I think with Teddy Bridgewater and nice pieces around him, the Broncos going to be able to defeat the Jacksonville Jags with a final score, Broncos 28, Jacksonville 20. And then we have the Houston Texans. And... They're now going to keep Deshaun Watson on the sidelines or away from the team. And therefore, if he does have the opportunity to be traded, there's no risk of injury. And it's still, it's still is to be seen what kind of punishment or suspension he may face from the NFL. But right now, he's just not playing any games. And the starting quarterback is Tyrod Taylor. Had a nice offensive output for the first game. And also they have Mark Ingram at running back. But in this game against the Cleveland Browns, I believe that Cleveland Brown defense will get after the Houston Texans. And also, Baker will continue with some nice connections downfield. I believe Odell Beckham will still be out, but still have a nice running back duo as well. So I'm going to go Cleveland Browns 24 over the Houston Texans 17. Then we have the Los Angeles Rams going to take on the Indianapolis Colts. In this game, I believe the Rams will win with a final score, Rams 31 over Colts 21. Then we have the Las Vegas Raiders going to take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is one of my matchups of the week. I believe it's going to be about that Oakland offense versus that Pittsburgh defense. And also, will the Pittsburgh running game get off to a good start with the rookie running back? Or will they have to rely more on the passing game? So in this game, I'm going to go with the Las Vegas Raiders 27 over the Pittsburgh Steelers 23. But this will definitely be a good game. I think it's also contrasting styles where the Raiders may be more finesse right now with speed receivers, but they also have some size and solid receivers, not to mention the tight end Waller. And Pittsburgh may be relying more on that defense with Roethlisberger being up in age and also with a rookie running back. But we'll see how it pans out. This will be a good game. Then we have New England Patriots led by Mac Jones going up against the New York Jets. And... I believe in this game, the Patriots will be able to bounce back from that week one loss to the Dolphins. And the Patriots will get the victory with a final score. New England 20, New York Jets 16. And in the NFC South, we have that matchup. 
New Orleans Saints and Carolina Panthers. So it's the teams that know each other very well now with different faces. For the Carolina Panthers, we have Sam Darnold coming in. And for the New Orleans Saints, we have Jameis Winston after a great game in week one. Five touchdowns with nice offensive flow and output for the Saints offense. The decision-making, timing, the nice coordination with the receivers. And the Carolina Panthers have some nice weapons on offense as well. Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, and others. But in this game, I believe the New Orleans Saints will have enough offense and defense to get that win over the Panthers with a final score. New Orleans 31, Carolina 28. But it should be a competitive game. Then we have the San Fran 49ers up against the Philadelphia Eagles. This is my second game of the week. And it's like two nice offenses. San Fran have the zone read. They have the reverses. They have the trick oration. They have the hands off to the receivers. And they have nice running back core. How will they bounce back with the running game without Raheem Mostert? And will they utilize the rookie quarterback in the running game? Or will they stick more with Garoppolo? And then we have the Philadelphia Eagles with Jalen Hurst coming in there and Connecting with those young receivers, looking like everybody's on the same page. Had nice offensive output for the first game and showed some nice firepower out there. So this is going to be a good game. I believe it'll be a chess match. There's going to be a lot of high explosive, explosive plays. And it's going to come down to one of these defenses trying to make a stand to stop these two high-powered offenses. But I think the final score will be Philadelphia 35 San Fran 31 and a nice win for the Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. But we'll see when the 49ers come to Philadelphia for the game. And in the 405 and 425 games, we have another NFC South matchup with the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks. And in this game, I believe the Falcons will lose to the Bucks with a final score of Tampa Bay 30, Atlanta 20. And then we have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals look real good in week one. Kyler Murray and that offense hitting on all cylinders. And I believe they'll get that victory over the Vikings with a final score, Arizona 33, Minnesota 28. And we have the Dallas Cowboys going to take on the Los Angeles Chargers in Los Angeles. And in this game... The Cowboys have shown a nice offensive attack, and Dak Prescott was very impressive despite the loss to the Patriots. Excuse me, despite the loss to the Buccaneers. It was nice to see him out there doing his thing. He made some nice connections with those receivers, and he even showed he can use his legs somewhat. So, with the Los Angeles Chargers, how far will Herbert take him with that receiving core and with that Los Angeles Chargers defense? But in this game, I believe the Dallas Cowboys will have enough firepower to defeat the Chargers at home. With a final score, Dallas 31, Los Angeles 27. This will be a good game. We'll see how it pans out. Then we have the Tennessee Titans looking to bounce back from that week one loss going up against the Seattle Seahawks. And these two teams, I believe, are pretty evenly matched. Even though the Tennessee Titans had a, had a bad start, I believe they're going to probably get better in sync. Even with issues with re receivers and coaches or whatever. And when the Seattle Seahawks 
we have Russell Wilson connecting with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and how will that running game come into effect with this game? Well, how will also King Henry go against that Seattle defense? Will they be able to slow him down? So in this game, I believe the Tennessee Titans will have a close game but lose to the Seattle Seahawks with a final score, Seattle 28, Tennessee 23. And then we have Kansas City at Baltimore. And one thing about Kansas City and Baltimore, Kansas City has always had Baltimore's number in most of their, all, all of their matchups as far as Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So... I believe a lot of that is because it's not all on the Baltimore Ravens. I believe a lot of that is because the Kansas City Chiefs, they had just have such a potent offensive attack. So they have so many speed guys and nice players and plays that they're, they're easily going to drop 21, 28, 35 points on a team, 33. They all, they, they're going to consistently be able to score because they have so much explosive plays. So it's going to be up to your defense to try to slow them down or keep them off the field. And I think that's what the Baltimore Ravens should be able to do in this game, despite losing so many running backs throughout the season. I believe that they do have a, a nice running back core with uh, they do have a nice running back core with Murray coming over. So they're going to be able to slow some of the game down because I think that. Chiefs will be able to score faster if they're hitting on those explosive plays. But if Baltimore's running the game with Murray slowing the game down some, I think they'll be able to control some of the tempo and pace. But I'd still have the Chiefs winning with a final score of 33-27. But this should be a good game because I think now these teams should really know each other in the way that, the way that they have faced them. They know the plays. They know the schemes. They know what they're going to try to do to win the game. So, the Baltimore Ravens defense should have something in store for the Kansas City Chiefs. Rather, it's just trying to get strips, force fumbles, or knowing what's coming because they've played them so many times and they've they've lost all of those matchups. So, now I think they had a lot of time to go over that film and know what to look for. So, this should be a good game, but will the Ravens offense be able to keep up the pace if the Ravens defense doesn't slow down Patrick Mahomes, Hill, Kelso, Kelsey. So we'll see. And in the Monday night football finale, we have the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Now, will this be a nice bounce back game to a division opponent for Aaron Rodgers, will he be able to make amends for that week one debacle? Or is it just the team's not in sync with him or he's not in sync with the team or he doesn't have the same urge and desire to compete at that level? Was the layoff and playing, you know, not playing, but was the layoff and hosting Jeopardy and doing other commercials and things of that nature instead of being with your teammates and getting those bonds and those relationships established. Was that something that is affecting the Green Bay Packers now or is it just a little bit of rust they need to get off? Or is Aaron Rodgers truly in decline and this is the Green Bay Packers 
his final season with them before he retires or goes to another team and everybody knows it so he doesn't have the same sense of urgency as going to a new team and trying to prove himself all over again like Tom Brady did. So we'll see. But I think this will be a nice bounce back game because the the Lions they they will probably have some defense for the Packers, but if the Packers get rolling on offense, will the Lions be able to keep up with them? Or will the Lions get rolling on offense and the Packers still not be able to get it moving? So we'll see. But in this game, I have Green Bay winning. Close one. 24, Lions 20. So this concludes another episode of the Rob View Sports Stew Show. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe. I appreciate the view. Show love to your people. Y'all be safe. Be blessed. I'll see you on the next. Happy birthday to my baby.